0: Okay, so it's the end of May, and that means it's time for another Money Minute Roundup from the month. I've got a few articles to share with you. I'm going to be talking about inflation, has it peaked, is the worst already behind us. We're going to talk about the Apple car. Apple makes iPhone and MacBook, but now they are looking at possibly making a car. So what could that look like? We're going to talk about recent college graduates and some unrealistic expectations that they have about how much money they're going to be making. And we also wanna talk about soaring housing prices and touch again on how pastors can save big on taxes in retirement. Hello everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. So let's go ahead and jump into it today. These are some of the most interesting articles that I have uh, co- gathered and uh, seen throughout the month. Let's start with inflation. This is uh, continues to be top of mind for a lot of folks. There is a great article out here uh, recently that that shows there may be some indications that inflation is starting to cool and that we may have reached the peak already and that it's going to continue to to decline from here. Uh, And uh, depending on how you want to look at it, some people are a little bit more of glass half full and some some people a little bit more glass half empty. But there are some encouraging signs, particularly in the automotive industry and housing prices and in the labor and wages uh, sectors of the economy. Automobiles spiked last year in price. A lot of that was due to a supply shortage with semiconductors that are needed for new cars. So there's a big backup and used car prices especially went soaring because of the lack of inventory. Some of that's starting to get fixed and smoothed out. And so prices for used cars are starting to fall back down to their historic levels. And uh, hopefully we'll see car production ramping back up and, and automotive prices coming down a little bit. And the housing front, that's another interesting one because for a while we've been operating with a shortage. We're still operating with a shortage in America. There's still less homes than there are people looking to buy a home right now. But because of, number one, the new housing projects that have gotten underway and are starting to get completed, and then on top of that we have mortgage interest rates have started to go back up again, that's going to cool off a little bit of demand. If interest rates are higher, that means the affordability for a lot of people gets a little bit farther out of reach. And so the higher interest rates go, the more that puts a, a mortgage out of reach of regular everyday Americans. And so that may taper off a little bit. Uh, there's still a high demand for housing, but it has, it has fallen from the heights it, it hit even just a few months ago. In fact, existing home sales came down in April. So that was kind of interesting to see. And then labor and wages, we um, we were in a scenario for a while where there were way more job openings than there were people available to fill those jobs in the workforce. And when that happens, the employees have all the leverage; they can negotiate for themselves better arrangements, better pay, um, better benefits, all of that. It was uh, we saw a huge reset within the workforce. A lot of people quitting their jobs, going other places, starting their own businesses, working remotely. So COVID. Uh, was part of that, obviously, that kind of spurred a lot of change within the workforce. And for a while now, employers have had to be the beggars and just trying to get everybody and anybody they can uh, to help because there's been a working sh- shortage. But recently here, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Amazon, Walmart, Target, a lot of big retailers are saying that they, they've overhired, that they're actually overstaffed, and they need to, to thin out their um, employment roles a little bit. So we may see some of that coming back down to earth because when when you have a labor shortage that's going to drive wages up right companies are going to be willing to pay more to get good talent and workers because they just need them they're, they 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 they're competing with all these others um, for work but if now they're in a place where they're f- they're overstaffed. Well, are they going to be as feel as much pressure to offer the best benefits, wages, hourly, etc.? They're not. So that may be part of it. So all of those point to at least in the automotive, the home, the labor and wages sectors point to maybe prices starting to cool. But if you were a glass half empty type of person, you would you would point to the fact that food and energy costs remain high, and they do. No, no. Big indicators right now that those have started to cool, so we'll see. Um, and and talking to a lot of people that really know inflation and know a whole lot more than me in this area, it does seem like the consensus is that inflation will continue to cool down throughout the year. But again, we never know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with inflation. The second article we have is about the Apple Car. Uh, I had heard about this. I'd heard rumors a little while ago. I weren't sure if they were true, but. Um, over time, that it has become clear uh, it's really an open secret at this point. Apple has put a lot of time and resource into trying to develop a car. It's interesting. I didn't know this. Steve Jobs actually wanted to build an Apple car even before they launched iPhone. So he had talked about that way, way back. And um, this has kind of been an under, underground type project, kind of behind the scenes thing. They've hired a lot of engineers. They even hired a lot of engineers away from Tesla to try to develop an electric car, an autonomous self-driving car. And um, we don't know a whole lot about the details just yet. Optimistically, the, the first we would probably see an Apple car is maybe as early as 2025, but that seems a little optimistic. So we'll we'll, um, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. What's interesting though is, I mean, if any company would be poised to really be a rival to Tesla in the area of electric self-driving vehicles you would think that apple would have that have what it takes uh to do just that but um building a car is it's a it's a huge undertaking it's a huge pivot for a company like apple who makes computers and phones and to to go down this road you need a lot of work and um you know a lot of people with with totally different backgrounds and skill sets but um, the profit levels on cars are not nearly what Apple is accustomed to. When you look at the profit margin that Apple has on their iPhones, on their Macs, on their software, I mean, it's huge. They, it's really impressive, the, the profit margin that Apple has on its products. Cars, historically, do not have nearly the same profit margin, um, and it's hard to imagine that Apple would be able to, to have nearly the same profit level on any car that they would manufacture compared to the other products. So some people believe what's going to happen is that instead of trying to build their own car, instead, Apple will try to instead be in the car tech system space as far as not building their own car, but really finding a niche within a, uh, onboard entertainment. Because you think about this in the next 10 years, autonomous driving is going to become more and more commonplace. And so the experience of getting in a car is going to be a lot more akin to getting on a train or flying in an airplane where you're a passenger. You have you set your destination and you're off and you really don't have to be at the controls. And so the ride experience, the passenger experience is going to become a really important thing. And so a lot of companies are already starting to think along those lines. Tesla has really broken some barriers in that area with their their, their on onboard screen. Um, they're on the dashboard. And so perhaps Apple kind of pivots into really putting more of their time and energy into that as as opposed to building their own car. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Third article is about college graduates and some unrealistic expectations. I found this interesting. Um, actually, it was Andrew Smith shared this article with me, and I want to share it with you all. There's um, there's a survey done of about 1,000 college students, and they gauge, okay, what do you think you're going to make after you graduate from college? The average answer was $103,000, $103,880 a year is going to be their starting salary, which as you probably can already guess, most college students don't make six figures right out of school. The average is about $55,000. So there's a lot of college students getting ready to be disappointed when they jump into the real world. You know, why is this? I mean, I, I have some ideas, some speculation. I, I can't tell you for sure. But I, I think probably for a lot of young people, they see how their parents or their grandparents live. They see how much money they make, their standard of living, and they just kind of think that's what the real world is. You you get a college degree and you go out in the workforce and boom, people just pay you lots of money right off the get-go. And they're not really realizing the time and energy that probably their parents and grandparents had to put in to get to that stage where they're at and that it takes time and nobody really starts there. Or very few people do. I was also interested to see that um, depending on your college major, that also does make a big impact on your starting pay. So, computer science majors were the highest paid, um, right around $75,000. Meanwhile, majors in journalism, humanities, liberal arts, psychology all had below average, so less than $55,000 as an average starting salary. So, that's a big part of it, too. What's your major? What's your skill set? Are you ready to jump into a very lucrative industry that has a very that's in a very competitive space, or are you doing something that um, it's not a huge differentiator and something that you really have to prove yourself in before you, um, but you know before you can prove that you're you're worth a higher salary? So um, I did find that interesting. I think that's always been the case that young people have a little bit more of an idealistic mindset about what the real world is going to be like. So, but that just kind of put it into. Uh, hard and fast numbers there. And then I wanted to share this. I, I, I'm i somebody who loves uh, Google Street View. I, I, I'm weird like this, but I love to just go and look at places in the world and just see the Street View. Like, what, what, what does it look like in, you know, northern Alaska out in the wilderness? What does it look like over in some of these countries in Europe or in Asia or in Africa? Or like, I just like to go and see what the Street View and get a feel for what real places look like in person. So Google Maps is going like next level with this they're going beyond just the street view but they're going to create an immersive view a lot more tools that they have at their disposal now so the next time you go to a big city chances are you'll be able to use google maps new features you can do a a virtual flyover of the city Uh, the article has some concept art looks really cool to so you can kind of fly over see some of the sites see what the, um, the layout of the city looks like, being able to plan a visit, where your stops are going to be, but there's a lot of real-time feedback. You can see busyness at certain sites, traffic, calculate what the most fuel-efficient route would be. So I think there's going to be a lot of capabilities there. They're rolling it out in just a few cities, London, New York, San Francisco, Tokyo, but they're going to roll it out in a lot, of, uh, a lot more cities throughout the year. So especially for more populated areas, I think you're going to start to see Google Maps go to a whole new level. And it makes sense. We have so many, not not only AI, but also just the general connectivity of our devices. You have so much information and feedback in real time that if you build it correctly, you can really create an ecosystem where people can see things in real time. And it, it can be really, really helpful. Um, I mean maybe the more cynical side of us says, yeah, but it also can be really invasive. so I'm sure that's that's part of it as well. But uh, I found that to be a really cool article. Two other things I wanted to share. Um, I found a really interesting visual got a lot of um, a lot of interaction with this post this month. There's, um, there's a chart that shows the change in housing prices by county in the United States from 2000 to 2021. The darkest red counties, have seen an over 300% increase in the average home price in the last 20, 21 years, which is really astounding when you think about it. That means the the price has quadrupled in just a little over 20 years. And on top of that, I just saw an article here today. The data from March has been released. Housing prices in March were up over 20% from where they were last year in 2021 at the same time so housing prices have really jumped and um you're probably if if you're not if you haven't moved or are looking to move soon i'm sure you've heard from some friends and family here recently just how crazy the market is and how how high prices have climbed especially in certain areas especially in the more suburban areas and uh, kind of in the Sun Belt as well so that's an interesting visual and then last thing i um put it out an episode this month, got a lot of great feedback from it about how pastors can save big in retirement. If you're a pastor or if you know a pastor, uh, this is a really important thing that I I wish more pastors were aware of. Uh, There's some different tax rules that apply to pastors. And when it comes to saving for retirement, there's a specific type of retirement plan that allows them to claim housing allowance in retirement. And, uh, for pastors that are not taking advantage of that, uh, it's really important for them to do so. So I hope you'll check out that article, or if you're not a pastor, share it with, uh, the pastors that, you know, and I I think it could be a huge help to them. Thousands of tax dollars in savings over, over time. So there it is. There's the wrap up for the money minute in May. We'll come back in June and share some more articles. And, uh, as always appreciate everybody listening and I'll see you on the next episode.